left off uh, last week in Philemon. In Philemon, I told you the story. I'm going to tell it again for those of you that weren't here. Philemon was the pastor of a large church in Colossae. And he had some, he had, you know, the Bible calls them slaves. They were servants. They were employees that were indentured into, into the business. And anyway, he had one of these guys named Onesimus decided he wanted to see New York City. <laughs> and so in order to do that, he had to steal something because he never had any money of his own. And uh, so he, he stole a bunch of stuff and took off to, took off to Rome. Modern day would be New York City. And when he got there, he got caught by the police. And they threw him in jail. And when he got in jail, he ended up with Paul the Apostle. <laughs> so, he, you know, he got born again, and that's that's why Paul was writing him and said, you know, you, 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 when you lost him, he was your employee, but now receive, receive him as a brother and receive him. And then he said, if he owes anything to you, put it on my account. Does that not sound what, like what Jesus said to you? If you owe him any, if you owe, owe anything, it's kind of like the story of the, uh, of the Good Samaritan. He, said, he gave him two days' wage, just 2,000 years. And he said, if there's anything else owing when I come, put it on my account. He's got you covered. But anyway, in verse 6 of Philemon, he wrote something very powerful because he said that, and here's the key, because uh, we, we've been talking about your identity. And I was born in Halifax. It was not my choice. If somebody had to give me a choice, I'd have picked a warmer climate. No, not Hawaii. I was going to say Hawaii, and I thought, not anymore. Maui, forget it. Which means there's no good place to go on this earth other than in Christ. Man, if you're in Christ now, it's a safe place to be. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he. Uh, so I was born in Halifax, and uh, I'll pick Tahiti. Now would have been maybe my second choice, and I didn't have any. I didn't have any say in it. And I was born a sinner, and I didn't have any say in it. I was born in Adam, the first Adam. My Bible tells me in, in Corinthians 15 that there's a first Adam and a last Adam, just a story about two men. And the cool thing about the second Adam is he became the first Adam. Everything that you owed, everything that was owed, he took on himself. So that you don't owe anybody anything anymore. Matter of fact, you don't owe God. Matter you, if you try to do something to win God's favor, you're you're in sin. How can you say that? Because my Bible tells me that anything that is not of faith is sin. Anyway, Philemon verse six says that the acknowledging. Now here's the deal about your identity. Corinthians 5.17 says that you have a, you're a new creature, you have a new identity. Uh, 5.21 says that he was made sin so that you'd be made righteous. He never did one thing wrong, and you never did one thing right. But there was an exchange made, a covenant exchange made. And you became the righteousness of God in him. And so then when he's writing, writing to Philemon, he's saying, your faith will become effective. That means you can have faith and not have it effective. Matter of fact, when you read through the book of Acts, you think uh, blind eyes are open and, and some of those great things that happened were the big miracle. 
No, the big miracle was the endurance that the church had. I said the, the big the big endurance that they the church had. They endured more persecution and things that came against them. Like, you know, it's like when Paul said, I'm perplexed. Have you ever been? I like to ask myself this all the time. I say, God, I have been perplexed. Perplexed simply means I don't understand what's going on. But I'm not in despair. Because I know somehow or another that whatever's going on right now, these these things are my employees. They're working together for my good. So bad stuff, you know, hire them on to keep up the good work. Amen. So he said, your faith will become effective, become productive, only by the acknowledging of every good thing, every good thing that is in you in Christ. There's no margin for complaining there. He said, your faith will work for you when you begin to acknowledge every good thing that's in you in Christ. If you don't, if you don't do that, it's like, it's kind of like um, uh, Proverbs 6.2, you're snared by the words of your mouth. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. Life and death are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit that it bears, whether it's good or bad. Life and death are not in the power of God. In that verse, it tells you that life and death are, you, are your responsibility. <gasps> yeah, so get some duct tape. No, do what you got to do. If you got nothing good to say, shut up. Claim self-control even when you don't have it all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. My, I remember, like, my daughter Carolyn now, she's, she's networking with people, and she wants to use some of my stories. I'm saying, Carolyn, don't use anything that had to do with the first 30 years of my life. I, I'm as serious as I can be. I remember my aunt introducing me one time when I was 18 or 19. She's saying, this is my nephew Gary. He's had a hard life. And I'm thinking, I had no parents. It's not an excuse, but I did whatever seemed right at the moment. And how many of you know that if you, if, if you just do what's right at the moment, you could end up in trouble, of which I had more than my share. So I'm saying, Carolyn... If you want to talk about me, talk about when I was working, managing in the shipyards or when I was, you know, in sales and, and all of that. But I said, don't go back. Don't go back to the first 30 years and use me as a reference for anything because they will investigate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, and, I, you know, I, I remember when I first got married to Nancy, I said, Nancy, here's the one thing I'm not ever going to do. I'm not ever going to travel around the countryside giving my testimony. I said, my testimony is in Christ now, and I don't even want to go back. I get no glory in the in causing crap for all the people that, that created disasters for. Like, who wants to reminisce in that? No, it's the goodness of God. So the, your, your faith will become effective by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ. So when you want your faith to work for you, check and see what you're saying. Are you speaking from the new man, the new identity, or from the old Adam? Because when you, when you, when you were born in this world, you were born in Adam. 
But you had to get born again to get born in the second Adam in Christ. And then, and then, according to Romans 12, 1 and 2, you don't get to operate in that until you renew your mind by the Word of God. Because you don't think right. You might be thinking, oh, yes, I do. Well, that's proof that you don't. You don't think right. If you thought right, you wouldn't have to have 66 books telling you how to think. Right? So where was I? Hell yeah, Philemon. Yes. I have new glasses. They're bifocals. I look up, I look down. I get dizzy. I look up, I look down. <laughs> there's, there's always a new hurdle. <laughs> I said, oh, God. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, rehab. Rehab sounds like fun. Rehab sucks. <laughs> but you have to go through it. Yeah. Anyway, this is my this. If I go, if I want to fly somewhere, I show them this. It tells you I was born in Halifax, and it tells you all about me right there, and it's got my mugshot on the front. I have to show that I can go and tell everybody who I am, but until I identify myself with a passport, with a birth certificate, and the cool part about that is when you fi finally figure it out, your identification is in Christ. And anything else is a false identification. You can't say, well, I'm poor, I'm sick, I'm broke. That's not your identity. He became poor so that you could, through his poverty, become rich. He took sickness. He took, he took all of that on himself. Read Luke 4, 18 and 19. He took all that on himself. He became, he became your substitute and your redeemer. So everything that was in Adam, he took on him so that you could take on his identity, everything that's in him. Uh, so um, well, let's just read a little further in Philemon here, can we? Verse 7, he said, For we have great joy and consolation in your love, because the love of the saints are refreshed by you, brother. Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin you, that when it's convenient. In other words, they're going to come and be with you when it's convenient. Yet for the love's sake, I'd rather beseech you, being as I, Paul the aged, well, I think he was 56 or 60 years old at this time. He said, I'm an ambassador and a prisoner of Christ. I beseech you for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my own bonds, born again in jail, which in time past was unto thee unprofitable, but now is profitable unto you and unto me. I'm sending to him again, sending him to you again, that you receive him as, as from my own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in your stead he might be a minister unto me in, in my bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I not do anything, that your benefit would not be is of necessity, but willingly. For perhaps, therefore, he departed for a season that you should receive him forever. Now, not as a servant, but as a brother beloved. See, it's not just reconciliation. It's, it's a brand new creation, right? Okay, Titus. 
Madison Square was going to go last week and didn't get to it. That is chapter um, 3. Verse 4. But after that, the kindness, that's hesed, that's covenant kindness. It's not something you earn. But after the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. Look at this. Not by works. This, get this. Get this. There's nothing you've done. Not by works of righteousness that you've done. You can't do anything to win his favor, and you can't do anything to lose it. You can't do anything to win his love, and you can't do anything to lose his love. Once you've been born again, love is, love is who you are. Your, your, your performance has nothing to, nothing to do with it. It's the blood plus or minus nothing. Okay, And he'll explain this to you. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, according to his mercy, not mine. It's kind of like, I don't know how the how, I don't know the how lots of times, but I know the who. I was reading in the book of Acts, uh, I think chapter 27, and Paul the apostle in the middle of a storm set up, I want to talk to you about whose I am and whom I serve. Whose I am and whom I serve. That's, who, that's, that's your identity. He, he knew who he was. He could say, I have been crucified with Christ. Well, you weren't, you weren't at Calvary. Yes, I was. When I got in Christ, I got crucified in Christ. I got, uh, went to hell in Christ, and then I rose from the grave. And now Ephesians 2.6 says, I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ. It doesn't matter what my outward circumstances are. I am right now positionally seated in heavenly places in Christ, and I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'll not be moved. And I'm taking my seat and staying in it. So by his mercy, he saved us. But, but I like this, by the washing of regeneration. That's Pelagenesia. It's where you get the book of Genesis, that word. And it means to begin again. It means, listen, get a load of this. It means to recreate to a pristine state. It means a radical change. By the washing and the regeneration and the renewing, not of you, you're renewing your mind to, to this fact. This is a fact. This is already done. He was made the head of all principality and power. Come on, Colossians 2, 9 and 10 says, he was made to be the head over all principality and power. And verse 10 says, and you are, listen, not you're going to be, you are complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. You're not going to be a royal priesthood and a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. So those are the, the this is your identity we're talking about. We're not talking about how you feel. Sometimes no, but we all get those emotional things and we want to we want to pray out of our emotions. But my Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, he doesn't even hear it. It says that I must believe that he exists and that is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I can cry and roll around on the floor and do all of those actions trying to get his attention, and I don't because there's no faith in it. It's just emotion. You can't pray out of your emotions to get your prayers answered. 
So tears are not enough. <laughs> he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Which was shed abroad, look at this, was shed abroad, abroad scantily. Yeah, but he's talking about his mercy was shed abroad abundantly. You didn't just get a little dab. And, and, and again, I, I, I love what he did with Abraham. He said, Abram, look up and count the stars. And there's a hundred trillion, I think, in the Milky Way galaxy. I don't know who stopped and counted them. It wasn't me. But, but I know this, that there's a million grains of sand in a cubic foot of sand. And he said, he said, look at the sand. He didn't say, look at your beach or look at your property. He said, look at the sand. In other words, he's saying, expand your thinking. You're limited by your own brain. You're limited by God can only do so much for you. I like how Justin prayed today. You know, there's no ceiling in God. The only ceiling that's there is what you put on him. Like it's, he's, he is limitless. And that's what he was saying, saying to Abram. He's saying, you got to understand, son. Uh, I'm bigger than all of that. Consider the stars. Look up. He said the same thing to Job. He started naming the constellations and saying, Job, were you there when I put all that in place? You know how it works. Job shut up. And, no, but see, Job, if you study the book of Job, he was a religious man that had no relationship with God. None, none, none. Matter of fact, in chapter 32 and verse 1, it says, they stopped talking to him because he was righteous in his own eyes. He, he was going to tell, he was telling God what God ought to do. God, you're so mean to me. No, he broke the hedge. He let the devil into his life. He said, what I've always feared has finally come upon me. The fear that he used, operated in, produced everything that happened from chapter, cha chapter 2 on. It was the fear. Come on, his sons and daughters were making alcohol, making moonshine, and partying every day. And every day he would go up and make another sacrifice for his kids. Well, if you're going to pray for your kids every day, thank him that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. Thank him that he contends with those that contend with you and give safety to your children. Thank him that your children are taught by the Lord and great is their peace and their undisturbed composure. Thank him that you refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. Your work shall be rewarded. Your children will come back yes. to their own borders. Yes. How long will it take? I, I, what's the difference? Are you going somewhere? <laughs> oh, God, win, win, win. Now, faith is now the substance of things hoped for. Uh-oh. And the evidence of things not, set, not yet. If you, if you can see it, you don't need faith for it. If you can believe it out of your pea brain, you don't need faith for it. No, but if you can accomplish it yourself, then you're not, you're not dreaming big enough. But the trick is, to be, the trick is, is the trick, I don't like that word. Begin to imagine you're already there with him. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, pray this, that my will be done in your life as it is in heaven. Well, check out heaven. Read the, yeah. read the travel brochures. It's a pretty nice place. And he said, I want to treat you like you're already here, but I can't treat you like you're already here because you're limited in your mind. You think 
like a human. You, th- you, 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 your mind is not renewed to who you are in Christ, whose you are, whom I, whose I am and whom I serve. Paul, in the middle of a storm, stands up and says, go get something to eat, boys. <laughs> An angel, whose God I am and whom I serve, talked to me last night, said, all, all 276 of you are going to live if you stay on the ship. That's a good thing about staying in church, too. But it's true. It's absolutely true. People have got all kinds of excuses why they don't go to church anymore. The truth is, you don't go to church because you don't want to. That's it. It's not somebody done somebody wrong song. Come to church. We get, you say it's hypocrites? We always got room for more. Come on. Verse 7. Oh, I love verse 7. That being justified, just as if I'd never sinned. You've heard that a lot. Justified. How? By his grace that we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Well, just bounce down to Hebrews chapter 1. The King James says, God at sundry times and diverse manner spoken times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he appointed to be, look at this, the heir of all things, right? Okay, what does Romans 8, 17 say about you? You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus. So look what, what belongs to you. You're an heir of all things. Everything belongs to him. Therefore, everything belongs to you. That's why he said, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires that he puts in your heart. So you, you won't be thinking and wanting the wrong stuff. You'll be wanting what God, God wants his best for you. God wants to... We read about it in Psalm 102, to feature you and to favor you. He he wants your name up on the marquee. So the people look at your life and say, what is going on with you? And you'll be able to say, well, let me tell you. You have an hour, I can tell you. Amen. Verse 2, heir of all things. Verse 3, who being made the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. Look at this. When he himself, not you yourself, when, listen, stop trying to be a Christian. You're lousy at it. Just be who you are. It's not about a performance. Who am I? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Well, you sure don't look like it. Well, you've been following me lately, haven't you? <laughs> I don't always look like it. I don't always feel like it. But I know what my I know what my passport says. Amen. When he had by himself purged our sins. Oh no, there's an interesting word. Purged. It's word where you get the word to catheterize. Yeah, no, when you look it up in the in the Greek, that's the word a catheter or something, brother. And um, it means it means to, it means to cleanse. It means it means to purge. It means to it means to make pure. 
He made you, listen, he made you pure. He he made you pure. Come on. (laughs) Get on the way home if you have to. Okay. (laughs) How about Romans chapter 4? Definitely. Free is what it's all about. Yeah. How about verse 20 of Ab- talking about Abraham? And it says that he staggered not at the promises of God. Well, we know we studied his life for 30 years. He staggered all over the desert. <laughs> but he got to a place. There's a place that you can go where nothing moves you. He staggered not at the promises of God. Through unbelief, he stopped staggering. He stopped wavering as he meditated what God told him. Romans 4, back in verse 17, he said, Abe, I want you to call those things that be not as though they were. I don't want you to call things the way you see them. I want you to call them the way you want them to be. Light be. Prosperity be. Health be. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but... But if you, read, if you read this in the Greek too, it says he became strong. It wasn't hocus pocus, you're in focus. He worked on this. He became strong. You're becoming strong today. Faith comes by hearing and you're hearing the word of God. But was strong in faith. Here's, here's some good evidence. Here's some good evidence that you're giving glory to God. There's no complaining in that. You're strong in faith because you're giving glory to God. It doesn't matter what you look like right now. It doesn't matter what circumstances look like right now. I'm giving my glory to God. Kabod, heavy, weighty. I think I'll teach that on Thursday night. Ephesians chapter, no. Um, Exodus chapter 33, 18. I beseech you, show me your glory. You know, in verse 34, he gave out 13 attributes of God. He said, I'm not going to show you my face. I'm going to give you the content of my character. When I give you the content of my character, it's going to short circuit your brain. Which is what he wants to do. Lots of times we need a brain bypass operation. Oh, that's what I mean. I mean, the renewed mind, you can tell the renewed mind because when the renewed mind speaks, it speaks with authority. And, and faith is in a state of flux. You don't, some days you, you know, you can conquer a mountain and other days you can't find your car keys. It's just the way that it works, you know, but you, but you don't give up. We found our car keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and becoming fully persuaded, verse 21, that what God had promised, he, he, he was able to perform. You're not the performer of anything. You're the believer. He would perform it. You're trying to tell me an old man, 100 years old, is going to have a baby with a wife that's 90? You better be fully persuaded. (laughs) Any wonder she laughed. She said, shall I have pleasure in my old age? (laughs) And Abe came along and said, hey, pretty mama. Mm -hmm. 
you believe in the hereafter? Then you know what I'm here after. <laughs> Oops, okay. Yeah. It was imputed. It says here, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. I'm the caller. I'm the believer. This was not written for my sake alone, but it was imputed unto him. But for us also, to whom it was imputed, if we believe on him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, who was delivered, look at this, who was delivered for, who was delivered because of our offenses and was raised again for our justification. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Okay, Ch chapter 5 and verse 1. And again, this is a continuation of thought. The, the, they put the chapters and verses in here later. He, he's saying, therefore, and you don't begin the sentence with therefore. Therefore, being justified by what? We have peace. See, but if you're not justified by faith, you'll have no peace. But the grace of God will begin to operate in your life when you when you embrace your new identity. His grace will begin to really work in your life. When you begin to, there's no complaining. There's no sneered by the words of your mouth. There's just, I just want to take a moment to rehearse some of the songs we sang on Sunday, Lord. I just want to worship you. I want to praise you. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of who you are. Yeah. You deserve the glory. Amen. He said, "We have access by faith into His into His confidence." And again, your grace comes alive when you embrace when you embrace something different than who you used to be, yes. and stop rehearsing what you've done. And not only so, in verse three, we glory in tribulation. In other words, we rejoice in pressure. But, you know, but, but again, trouble doesn't make you strong. Faith does. So don't forget that. He said, we glory in tribulation, knowing that this tribulation is working patience in us, working out the patience that we need. And I get access to that by faith. He said, and patience works experience and experience hope. And hope is not, there's no shame in hope. Because, look at this, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. In other words, it's been poured out, poured into you. For when we were yet without strength, we had no power. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely a righteous man for one die, yet preadventure a good man, some would even dare die. But God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. Your worst day as a drug addict, Gary Hooper, the Lord was there. It, 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 after you've been saved, it's interesting. You look back and you can see God's hand all through your life. Times that I should have died, times that I should have went to prison. And, and, it, and I look back and he delivered me through all of that. Amen. I remember one time paying a fine at court. And uh, when I went to pay the fine, 
the woman looked at it and said, this is outrageous. Your son, your son, Lucky Martin Haley is on vacation. In other words, if you, if he had been here, he was the hanging judge back in the day. I paid a fine and walked out and I looked back down. I'm saying, God, you delivered me. You delivered stupid me. You delivered dumb and rebellious me. How much more? Now, verse 9, that I have been justified by your blood. Not by my change of attitude. Not by reading self-help books that never helped anybody. Self-help books are great. If you, try, if you think you can change yourself, go ahead and get them. There's, you know, there's the chapters had a whole wall through them, and I read a lot of them. You know, you're born original, don't die a copy. Some of the books that we read that really don't help until this is the book you need to read. The love of God is, okay, verse uh, 8. God commanded his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, and now much more, being justified, how? By his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So when everybody's talking to People reading the book of Revelation now and saying, we're in chapter 7, we're in chapter 8, and all this kind of stuff. You're not in the book of Revelation. book of Revelation, the church is there for the first three chapters. And in chapter 4, verse 1, the Holy Ghost says, come up here, and I'll show you what will happen thereafter. And from chapter 4, verse 1, until chapter 19, the church is in heaven. Not on earth. Seven years in heaven. Why? Because you have not been appointed to wrath. The wrath that's coming upon the earth is not yours. Yeah. You okay with that? Are good. Yeah. Verse 10, and then we'll stop, I think. For if we were yet enemies and we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. You, you, you were born again by his death. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I'm going to finish over there. Galatians chapter 2. Can I do that? Thank you. I want to read a few of the translations here. This one, the distilled uh, version says, I consider myself as having died, and now I'm enjoying my second existence, which is simply Christ using my body. Christ took me to the cross with him, and I died there with him. I have been crucified with Christ, and my own life is dead. Christ who lives in me, the true, my physical life is going on, but the mainspring is faith in the Son of God. I have been crucified with Christ, and now I live on, but not with my own life, but the life of Christ which lives in me. The life I now live in my body, I live by faith, Faith in the Son of God, who loved me and sacrificed himself for my sake. So, so your responsibility is simple. Believe what he did. Yes. Not what you're doing. Believe what he did is greater than anything you've done or even doing. Matter of fact, when we get into Exodus chapter 33, you'll find that he had forgiveness for the sins that you did by accident and also for the sin that you did on purpose. None of you have ever done anything on purpose. But there's forgiveness for that too. 
when you just screw up and you say, you know I'm screwing up and I'm going to screw up anyway? Nobody ever thought like that, said Pastor Nancy. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me. I don't frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the keeping of the law, then Christ died for nothing. You can't be good enough. You can't make yourself good enough. He already did all that. What you have to accept is, is what he's done for you in Christ. It's like in Exodus 33, he put him in the cleft of the rock. The rock is the type of Christ so that he could see, so that he could see from the safety of being in Christ what's been done for him. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.